As the housing market continues to balance itself out after a whirlwind ride, we at The Mortgage Note are covering national trends and the innovative ways companies are attracting both potential buyers and sellers in the first half of 2023. My name is Kimberly Hawes, and I will be the host of this podcast. We want to share what we are seeing in the hopes that you will participate in future episodes, offering your perspectives and insights. You can feel free to email me anytime at info at themortgagenote.org. As the state of North Carolina grows, the coastal city of Wilmington has been popular with house prices trending up. Troy Williamson, senior loan officer at Cornerstone Home Lending, said he is seeing firsthand the results of homebuyers flocking to the Sun Belt, looking for a better quality of life. So tell me, what are you seeing in North Carolina? I mean, you've you've yeah. been there your entire life growing up on the Outer Banks and then yeah. now where you are in Wilmington. I'm, I know there's probably been a lot of a lot of changes that you've noticed since you started in the industry in 2005. What are some of the highlights? I mean, we live, you know, in a coastal area, being that we have, you know, the University of North Carolina, Wilmington, we have a great, um, you know, technical community college here in Cape Fear Community College. We have a historic downtown. Um, we've got so many beaches nearby. We're in close proximity to Myrtle Beach, Raleigh, Charlotte. You know, I think because of all the things that Wilmington has to offer, it is a highly sought after area. And so the number one thing that we've seen here is just continued growth, especially over the course of the last couple of years. Because let's face it, you know, when a lot of people started going to remote work, you know, if you live in Kansas, but you really love the beach, what's going to keep you in Kansas? Why would you not move to Wilmington? You know, so there's been a massive, I mean, there's always been an influx of people moving to this area, but especially over the course of the last two to three years, it's been a massive influx of people. And I think that that would go for the majority of the southeastern United States, mm-hmm. you know, Florida. Um, my in-laws have a house in Florida, and, and we spend a lot of time there. I mean, Florida's booming, South Carolina, Georgia, I mean, you know, Tennessee. There's just a lot of areas in the southeastern United States that have been the recipient of so many people that have moved here from other parts of the country, you know, as a result of a change in mindset because of covid Um, just wanting to be in an area where there's more space, where there's more outdoor activity, you know, not being in in more, you know, metropolitan areas, um, cities crammed on top of each other. You know, I just think that people's mentalities have shifted a little bit as a result of, you know, a pandemic that occurred over the course of the last couple of years. How has that affected prices? Uh, Well, there's a significant amount of demand and a very limited amount of supply, and that's not going to get any better Anytime soon, in my mind, until interest rates come down, because I mean, if you sit, if you're sitting on a two point seven five percent interest rate, and granted, yes, hey, I can sell my house right now and make four or five hundred thousand dollars, but if I'm going to go buy something, I'm going to pay more for it, and my interest rate is going to be more than double. So as a result, I think people are just you know continuing to sit tight. They're not willing to at the current time until rates come down a bit, willing to list their house on the market. So, you, you know, a lot of it falls on with lack of existing inventory. Obviously, we have a lot of new construction here, but then you've got new construction prices because of supply chain issues and labor shortages and things like that and delays and, 
So the new construction isn't always something that's appealing to a lot of people either. So, I mean, there, the demand's going to remain strong and the supply is it's going to take a long time to catch up. I don't think that we see the appreciation that we've seen over the last two to three years by any means, but I definitely think that we continue to see a gradual rate of appreciation in this market for the foreseeable future. Now, how are towns and cities dealing with some of that? I mean, I'm sure that government leaders on the local and even state level are really eyeing this. And especially if you're taking a huge influx of people into your state, you've got to be paying attention to this as state and local leaders. What are they saying? What's, what are they, what are they telling you guys, Troy? You know, Wilmington, just due to the influx of people that have have been coming here over the course of the last several years, take out the last two to three years. I mean, from an infrastructure standpoint, we we already weren't prepared for the influx of people, especially what we got over the course of the last two to three years. I mean, if you drive around here, um, for a day, it becomes readily obvious that, you know, mm-hmm. that we're, we're about, we're, we're beyond capacity for what we've got, uh, from an infrastructure standpoint. And then you, you take into account surrounding counties. So Brunswick County is our neighboring County, uh, to the West and Brunswick County is the number one fastest growing County in the state of North Carolina. And I believe, I don't know if it still is, but not too long ago, it was, I think 10th fastest growing in the country. So same thing. You know, granted, there's a lot more land and stuff, but they're trying to build new roads and ties into interstates and things like that as fast as they can. But, I mean, you just got a massive influx of people continuing to go there, especially being that Brunswick County is going to be a little bit more affordable from home price, property taxes, overall, you know, cost of living. Um, So, you know, people, that's why people flock there. As far as, you know, I know... You know, community leaders, I mean, obviously one of the big things that, that is talked about is affordable housing because you created somewhat of a, not you, I mean, like here locally, we have it, but I mean, the, the market itself has created somewhat of an affordability crisis because if you're trying to buy in Wilmington and, you know, again, with the high amount of demand, and there's people moving here from California, Montana, Idaho, New York, New Jersey, and they're mm-hmm. moving here with money. And when they're coming in with large down payments or cash, and you've got a first time home buyer who's very well qualified, that has a good income and maybe has 10% to put down, they're still not going to be able to compete with a cash buyer or someone that's putting down several hundred thousand dollars. Seller's going to look at that and be like, less risk, I'm taking that offer. So then what ends up happening, you know, is you... You basically create, you know, increased property values, increased property prices. It gets to the point where those very well qualified first time home buyers, even though they have excellent credit, great jobs, great income, and a decent down payment, they can't afford to, to buy something because the external, you know, buyers that are coming in have kind of boosted the marketplace. So it, you know, it stinks because then people have to rent. You know, if you drive around Wilmington, and you look at, you know, there's an apartment complex being built on every corner. And I always tell people, you know, when they ask, well, I'm not sure if buying a home is a smart thing to do. I'm like, hey, look, apartment complexes on every corner. When people are throwing, developers are throwing millions of dollars at building these things, it's not because they think they're going to rent them. They know they're going to rent them. They've done the studies. They're well aware of the fact that the vacancies, the application percentage to vacancies. And, you know, so now you've, you've somewhat created 
with all the people that may not be able to buy because they've been they've lost um, you know they've lost motivation because they've been beat out so many times on cash offers or um, you know more qualified buyers with larger down payments. You know now they're forced to rent, and if you count all the people that are coming here that either can't buy, whether they can't afford it, can't qualify or can't find something, they're forced to rent. Now you're creating an affordability crisis from a rental perspective as well, because you've got the whole demand, supply and demand issue that's occurring in the rental market as well as the buyer's market. So it's tough because it's pushing people to the point where rents continue to go up. You can't buy, and then you get to the point where you can't afford to rent anymore. The rental market's you know, it's gotten crazy. You, I mean, you see people moving away or people moving into much more ruralized areas because that's the only place they can go and afford to live. So, it, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what the, the solution is. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it stinks because you do see a lot of instances where people are like, I can't afford to live here anymore. Um, so, it, it's, it, you know, it presents certainly a lot of challenges. I would not want to be... Uh, in the you know in the in the shoes of of leaders here locally trying to figure out ways, and I know they talk about it. I mean, I know um, you know I think there will be some affordable housing options, but they're going to be in neighboring counties that are a little bit further out. People are just going to have to get comfortable with the fact that they're not going to be able to live in Wilmington. They're going to have to go you know to more rural areas in order to be able to qualify to buy a house. people onto the path of home ownership isn't easy in a market where inventory is low and interest rates are high. Assistance programs can incentivize potential buyers. It is estimated that programs supporting ownership of multifamily properties make up almost 30% of home buyer assistance offerings. Sean Moss, Executive Vice President of Product and Operations at Down Payment Resource, says even first-time home buyers can qualify to become both an owner and a landlord at the same time. Yeah, so what, what we're doing is monitoring all of these programs and their eligibility criteria, an important part of which is property eligibility. So uh, essentially what kinds of properties can be purchased with down payment assistance or some of these other programs. And almost 30% of all these programs across the country allow for the purchase of multifamily residential properties. So in addition to just a single family detached home or a condo or a townhome, uh, a lot of these programs will allow you to purchase a duplex, triplex, or quadplex, so two, three, or four unit property, so long as the buyer is going to own or occupy one of those units. And so... An interesting opportunity that arises out of that is if a if a consumer is let's say you know interested in purchasing a duplex and they need a little down payment assistance, a common path would be okay. You can you can buy the duplex with certain types of down payment assistance. You have to own or occupy one of those units, but then you have the opportunity to rent the other and cash flow that other unit. So you sort of become a first-time home buyer as well as an investor at the same time. Now that's going to require, in almost all cases, 
that the buyer completed a home buyer education class. And typically, if they're buying a multifamily residential property, they're also likely to have to go through some sort of, uh, you know, landlord training or something. So they understand that part of, of homeownership as an investment. Those are the kinds of additional inventory solutions that we're trying to uncover. You know, inventory is strapped in just about every market across the country right now. So one thing that we're commonly discussing when we when we address lenders, when we address multiple listing services, real estate professionals. And ultimately, again, consumers is where are the, let's say, alternative inventory solutions? Where are some maybe uh, underappreciated or underrecognized inventory opportunities for consumers to explore? What we're talking about here opens up multifamily residential for even first time home buyers so that they can still get into a home, but also then have an opportunity for the upside opportunity of an investment property. For people who are looking to both buy and sell at the same time, the fintech company Knock is partnering with lenders and real estate agents to offer homeowners a chance to leverage the equity in their property so they can buy another house before selling their current one. A homeowner can use an equity advance loan for a down payment, to buy down the mortgage rate, and to cover closing costs on their new house. They can also use that equity to cover renovations, and to pay up to six months of mortgage payments on their current property. Co-founder Sean Black says a majority of people who are buying homes also have a home to sell. So Knock is, uh, well, we're most known for the Knock Home Swap. So we allow and empower people to buy their new home before they sell their old one. Uh, so fun fact, there's, you know, six million, give or take, homes sold every year, although this year there may be a little less. But two-thirds on average of people who are buying homes have one to sell and often need the money they have out of the one they're in to buy the next one. We we make that all go away. I sort of liken it to we're your rich uncle. We give you all the money you need to go buy your new house and then uh, only then list your old home knowing exactly how much it's worth. and. Well, uh, having borrowed the money that you need from it and getting the help you need to put it on the market with your agent and sell it for top dollar. So convenient certainty and cost savings is, is what we provide. How does that work? I mean, how do you do the, the paperwork to have that happen? Yeah, so we're a bit unique. So we have evolved over the years, um, but we are um, we are a licensed lender, which means that we can give you your new mortgage and the big difference like any other lender would for a competitive rate, three-year, thirty-year fixed, for example, right now is about six percent, a little under market. Um, but we can give you that mortgage and close on it and let you move in before any other lender, because we use data science and technology to figure out how much your old house is worth and lend you the money that you have in it, the equity that you have in it, so that you can make the down payment on the new home. Once you're out, you can fix up the old home. You can use our contractors or yours or your agents. We pay them as you as the work is done so you don't have to go out of pocket. Uh, and actually, we make the mortgage payments on the old home for you for as long as the house is on the market, interest-free. And that allows us to close immediately because Freddie and Fannie don't look at the old home as a part of your debt-to-income ratio. Uh, and they know that we're there. We provide a backup offer on the old home in the event that it doesn't sell in the open market after six months. Um, so we give you a combination of your new mortgage now. That's typically for 70, 30% of the new home. 
and then we give you the difference in the money at it in your existing home so that you're uh, able to move immediately, put your house on the market, get it fixed up without you being in it and having to leave for contractors or showings, uh, and then also sort of paying the old mortgage um, until it's sold. As sellers become savvier about return on investment opportunities before putting their house on the market, the California-based business Revive is expanding. Leaders there say sellers can leave between 15 and 20% of potential profits on the table when selling as is. On average, they earn $186,000 more than the cost of their renovations. We talked to Revive's CEO who says pre-sale renovation is the single most powerful tool a real estate agent can have in their toolbox to be competitive in the current market. My name is Michael Aladawi, and I'm the CEO of Revive. Um, Revive was, you know, founded in uh, 20, January 2020. Um, prior to being at Revive, for probably the prior, let's say, 12 years, um, I was um, kind of a, I, I, was, I was a builder, and I was a flipper. And I think real estate is so, is probably the most relevant thing in all of our lives, right? You know the 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 homes we own. They're you know real estate. Our homes is probably the singles the single biggest way for us to build wealth and pass wealth down to you know future generations. So um, real estate and people's assets are really um, important. You know, and the the truth of the matter is people leave a lot of money on the table. Uh, when they sell their homes um, because, you know, they're not up to what today's buyers want. And the work that's needed to get them to what today's buyers want is oftentimes, you know, significant. Um, You know, one of the things that, um, you know, I was looking at a map just uh, two days ago that HUD put out of, it was a heat map of the Asian, aging, um, inventory like the the homes in america 50 percent of them are over 50 years old like built over 50 years ago and so there's a lot of homes a lot of homes that are you know now coming to market um that just have a lot of deferred maintenance or just are not up to today's buyers turnkey uh standards we're not going to come in there and say Hey, we'll do whatever. We're going to say, look, your neighbor sold for a hundred thousand dollars more than what we think your house was worth. So there's a hundred thousand dollars on the table. How could we capture that? We probably don't want to spend more than fifty. So one of the things that Revive does is consult and guide homeowners to having, first of all, a good plan. Because one of the biggest things that you know people that do their, this on their own is they overspend on improvements, right? Or they're solving the wrong types of problems. They're solving the problems that they had in that home and not necessarily the problems that today's buyers are going to be looking for, right? So it it kind of starts with making sure they have a good plan that is rooted in ROI, not over-investing and also not under-investing because I think those are the two things that people make a mistake with. they, they spend too little and they actually don't move, change the perception of the value of the home and it's like wasted money 
or they spend too much trying to like solve problems that aren't really problems that need to be solved. Um, um, and so we help guide them to that sweet spot of, you know, what, what, what do you really need to do? So it starts with guidance. We also provide the money um, to execute on that plan. And so what we do is uh, we front the money to the contractors and we wait to get paid back through the sale of that home. Um, and we give people up to 12 months to get that home sold. Um, so that's really amazing. And it's it's a service that is uh, that comes, it's not a loan, so there's no interest or fees associated with it. This type of service is now a standard for consumers, right? You know, the ability for a realtor to offer a turnkey solution that includes the money and helps their clients maximize the value of their homes or helps their clients bring their homes to market, you know, position to to garner top dollar is a standard now. You know, five years ago, if you had a house that was completely in disarray or disrepair and it needed $100,000 to get it fixed up, like, and you didn't have it and you didn't have a, you weren't comfortable working with contractors, like, it just wasn't going to get done. And now, this is a service that is an industry, it is become an industry standard. And if you're a realtor that is not offering this as a solution, then you're probably going to get, um, you're at a disadvantage. Right? Imagine if a realtor came to your home today and said, I'd love to list your home. And you said, I'd love to get a million dollars for my home. And I said to you, well, unfortunately, Kimberly, you know, the, where the condition of your home, you could only get 900. That's just the reality of look at the cops. You know, these other mm -hmm. homes that sold for a million are a lot nicer. And you say, okay, well, I have another appointment with another realtor. And that other realtor shows up and says, oh, you want a million? Absolutely, we can get that. We're going to have to change your carpet, paint your house. That's going to be $30,000. But I'm going to take care of that fee. Um, we can just pay that out of escrow. And I have the contractor network where you don't have to stress about it. Who do you think you're going to hire, right? And so this is becoming a standard in the industry. We look forward to seeing what the spring season brings us. As I said at the beginning of this podcast, we want to hear from you. Please feel free to email me at info at Once again, my name is Kimberly Hawes. Have a great day.